Good morning. It's November 14th, and welcome to Doing Life, daily devotions for finding peace in stressful times. This is the audible companion of the book by the same name. Today's title is Naked. There are certain horrific moments in life when the only way to fix an awkward situation is to be awkward. Roshani Chaksi. I published a book on changing healthcare in the USA in 2008, entitled Disrobe Completely. The name reflected the instruction given 30 times per day by my nurses when ushering patients into an exam room. If you would disrobe completely, put this gown on so it opens in front like a vest and put the paper sheet across your lap. Have a seat on the end of the table and the doctor will be with you in a moment. First of all, 80% of women put the gown on so that it opens in back, despite the instruction. A full 20% leave their underclothes on, apparently not catching the completely after the word disrobe. In any event, if I am caught up and on time, I often listen through the door for the sound made by the table paper, indicating that the patient is now seated and by definition ready for her exam. A couple of years ago, however, I followed this routine, making a cursory knock on the door as I opened it, announcing that I had heard the telltale crinkle of paper. My patient was standing in the center of the room, facing the door with the phone to her ear. In her hand was the gown, not yet adorning her very naked torso. I backed out of the room like a dog with his nose in a hornet's nest, crying out, so sorry, I'll be back in a moment. When I re-entered several minutes later, my patient was seated with the gown on and the sheet across her lap as instructed. She looked up at me and queried, how many times do you think you've seen me naked, Dr. Thurston? Well, I delivered all four of her boys over the last 25 years. I don't know, maybe a hundred? She laughed and said, and yet vertical nakedness remains totally different from horizontal nakedness, does it not? I readily agreed. Oddly enough, in this scenario, it was I who was embarrassed, not the one who was bare-assed. That's a pun, by the way. And yet, with just a few words, she had rescued me from embarrassment. Christians have a special responsibility when they encounter a situation embarrassing for someone else. We need to make them feel better, despite the awkwardness of the situation. The Apostle Thomas experienced this at least twice, as did Peter multiple times. Thomas told the Lord that the Apostles had no idea where he was going to prepare them a place in John fourteen five through 6 Jesus told him essentially, well, if you had known me, you'd understand. But from now on, you know God and you have seen him. Like, don't worry about it. You'll do better in the future. Even so, it was Thomas who later wouldn't believe that the Lord had risen from the dead until he saw and touched the Lord's wounds. Jesus could have just let him swing in the breeze when he appeared before them. But instead, he let Thomas put his finger in the wound and told him simply, do not disbelieve, but believe. John twenty twenty seven. Peter, as we all know, was frequently a mess. Talk about embarrassing. First, he told Christ he didn't really have to die. That ended with a get behind me, Satan. I used to think that was mean until I understood Jesus really was talking to Satan, not Peter. It was Peter who got the heebie-jeebies and lost his faith when walking on the water and sank before Jesus pulled him out. Talk about embarrassing. It was Peter who denied knowing Christ three times after he was arrested, John eighteen fifteen. How did Christ react? Did he worsen Peter's lot with his fellow apostles by chastising him and embarrassing him further? No. Christ told Peter in front of everyone that he would build his church on him and changed his name right there to Peter the Rock, Matthew sixteen eighteen. 
There is a tendency when people are caught in an embarrassing situation to laugh at them, perhaps even with others. We can laugh as long as the one embarrassed is laughing as well. Otherwise, loving another means doing what we can to alleviate their mortification, perhaps sharing that the same has happened to us, or reassuring them that no one saw or no one thinks a thing about it. You never know the next time you're going to have a friend with lettuce in their teeth, right? They would much rather you inform them in a whisper than have you join in a mysterious group laughter. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. Remind us through your spirit that it may not be funny if we're the only one laughing, as my mother used to say. Help us always to be compassionate, even in situations that people might find funny, remembering how it would feel if we were the ones in the same circumstance. Amen. We'll see you tomorrow.